This is Corkscrew Convos, another theme park podcast. My name is DJ. And my name is Chris. And we're here to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, dark universe, the theater, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. Please stand by for an urgent message. This is not a drill, DJ. I repeat, this is not a drill, dear listener. The themes and select rides have been announced for Universal Epic Universe opening next year. It's finally happened, DJ, and we have to talk about it right now. Yeah, I mean, my phone was blowing up with people, friends asking me, did I see it? Did I see the news? And my response uh, was about the same to everybody because it was uh, right after you sent me a text, Chris, this morning asking if I wanted to record if I had seen the news. Uh, and I got to tell everybody, yep, we're doing an emergency podcast tonight yeah. uh, to make it happen. We actually had an episode in the can, candidly. We recorded it yesterday. We did. And we're like, nope, we need to talk about this. We got to do it while the iron's hot. It's going to have to wait. We had a great episode that we recorded yesterday. It was about uh, a lot of things, but including your trip to San Antonio. Uh, so that will be coming out after this episode because we're not always timely on this podcast, but something as momentous, as monumental as Epic Universe details being dropped in the manner that they were, we got to talk about that right now. That's what we're about to do here. Right. It's not often that a new park from the ground ground up um, comes to life, uh, and you know, with a season of announcements that don't really come to fruition, here's a real one, <laughs> one that's under construction right now. It's been under construction since I couldn't believe this, uh, 2017 or 2018. Well, I think thinking the planning back, would be before that. Yeah, when they had the Skyplex or whatever they were going to call it with the polar coaster in oh, yeah. Orlando. Yeah. And then there was heavy opposition to it. We were like, why is this opposition? It was a Perkins. Why are people having issue losing a Perkins for this huge attraction? <laughs> and then it turns out... I have no problem of, losing a Perkins for an attraction. Uh, well, what are the, what are the uh, opposers, it turned out? It was because of the proximity to this land that is now going to be Universal Epic Universe. This third... Or fourth theme park for Universal in Orlando. Yeah, we'll just call it Fourth Park. They're going to, so we just got to get used to that and, and start saying Fourth Theme Park. So four parks, six parks, Walt Disney World, three parks in SeaWorld. Yeah, it's it's going to be incredible. They've been pushing around dirt for six plus years now. They formally announced it in the summer of 2019. I remember where I was when it happened. I was actually on the train somewhere when they formally announced that, yes, there's going to be a new park. It's going to be called Universal Epic Universe. I was like, wow, that's a name. How about that? I'm excited. <laughs> it's a universe. And then it's an epic universe. And so I said, without knowing any details, I said, you know what? They've got to build a whole park. I bet this is going to be 2026. That was my guess. I was a little pessimistic with that timeline, but I said 2026. Wow. And then I think a couple months later, if I'm, wrong, if I'm wrong, DJ, correct me here, but it came out on an investor call or something, something that maybe wasn't supposed to be announced, but they had said at one point, yeah, we're looking at 2024 for opening of Epic Universe on the investor call. And of course, 2020 happened. Uh, they were still pushing dirt around. I mean, they built VelociCoaster during 2020 as well. Um, and so it delayed things a little bit. Now they're looking at 2025, and it's looking like 
they're progressing well. I mean, they had this huge announcement today. Before today, DJ, we had only gotten the fact that this is Epic Universe. Epic Universe. There's going to be concept art that was out there. It's going to be here, and there are going to be hotels. I think that's all that we had formally announced. People had been speculating and throwing rumors out there for years now. Uh, but we had, of course, seen the construction over the last year, especially seeing the big dueling roller coaster. Of course, we have a name for it now, an official name. There have been rumors and people saying, I wonder if it's going to be like this or that. And now we have a name. It's coming together, DJ, finally. It really is. It's giving, it's giving Infinity Stone, it's giving Infinity Gauntlet this entire park and what it is. I mean, if you look at it, what I think it resembles is, if you remember the, the uh, popular game Thrillville, that's what the vibes I'm getting, how in Thrillville, you'd go to a park and you'd have these different gates or portals that you'd walk through. Of course, that was so the game could load and, and open up the next land. But that's kind of the vibes I'm getting with what is basically one park uh, centered on five different lands with one large land in the center and four smaller lands. Are they realms? Or I think they say they just called them worlds. Worlds. Let me see. I mean, explore extraordinary worlds. That's what it yep. says on their website. Amazing so. portals taking you to worlds beyond. And so should we just go ahead and detail the four here? Or I guess it's technically five. Yeah, but before we do that, DJ, I want to see if there's an angle that we can put out there that maybe all the other podcasts and all the other YouTubers or whatever might not get into. I'm curious to see if we can put our heads together and add something new to the conversation. Of course, we'll break down each of the worlds and what we think about them and questions that we have. But I have a big question before we even get to that, DJ. Is that all right with you? Absolutely. My question is, why this announcement at the end of January 2024? Why right now? Is this because they had an ongoing announcement schedule with their existing seasonal events or any new capital around their existing properties? Is this because there are things that are going to be happening that will make it impossible to hide what's going in Epic Universe? I mean, we'd already seen... Uh, photographs of construction going in. It's impossible to hide even Starfall Racers, that dueling roller coaster um, from parts of the road. So, I mean, you can't hide it. So it's a huge roller coaster right there. But are there more distinct things, larger set pieces that are going to go in that just make it plain that, oh, look, there's How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, look, there's Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic. That's what I'm curious about. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more um, structured and strategic than maybe we might be thinking. I don't think that it's, you know, they just said, okay, it's January. We have nothing to talk about. Let's let's shoot this release out, shoot all this news out. I mean, you're essentially what seems to be a year out from the Universal Stella Nova Resort. That's January 21, 2025 is when that will open. The Terra Luna just right beside it, February 25th. And then the other hotel, the Helios Grand Hotel, that's sometime in 2025. So you've got a year and you've got all of these worlds that we don't have full details on. We've got some little things. And of course, people, you know, don't condone this necessarily, but there's drone footage and all sorts of stuff out there showing what might be in all these other worlds. But we don't know anything official necessarily. So um, I think there's probably a strategy with releasing info on each one of these at a time. And then I would like to believe um, there's going to be maybe something specific for the Helios. And then I also like to believe that there's something hidden here 
for the entire park, Epic Universe, that we'll hear towards the end, maybe. So one big shabam to remind you, hey, you know, if you haven't heard, here's what's going on. But also, we have all these worlds we told you about. You know about Epic Universe. Here's this final piece of knowledge that you need to know. And I don't know what that could be. I don't know if it's a new well, bus, I'm sure it's, transit system, something like that. I don't know. I'm sure it's very strategic that they are announcing it now. And we'll probably get a, a clearer look at why they announced it right here at the end of January 2024. Maybe 14, 16, 20 months before it opens officially in 2025, the park it is. Uh, we didn't get... An announcement for every single little thing that's going to be in the park, um, even though like we've we've seen construction out there, even from the road of like we said with Starfall Racers. I mean, there are other large structures being constructed that have not been fully addressed yeah. in this announcement here. And of course, there are rumors out there that say this and that about it. Uh, nothing about those has been officially confirmed. So. It's I, exciting to consider, and I, I guess they, I know they are going to have more announcements down the road for each of these things. I would guesstimate, too, that the more heavily popular IPs, I mean, I think that would come last, like, uh, and, you know, we put me on record here, <laughs> because I'll probably be wrong, but I don't think the next thing we learn about is Wizarding World, and I don't think the next thing we learn about is Super Nintendo World. I think we would learn about either How to Train Your Dragon or Dark Universe, and we'll get to all those in a moment, but um, I think they would wait, especially on Harry Potter. That's what the average person learning about this that's not in this sphere every day is like, oh, here's this new Harry Potter park, or, oh, here's this new Nintendo World finally coming in Orlando. They might not necessarily care about these other two things, whereas this central world, Celestial Park, um, that makes sense. That's the starting off point. Well, starts the journey, starts the story. I just put something together, DJ. This summer, oh. in 2024, there's going to be a little thing called the Olympics. Ah, yes. And NBC is the home of Olympic coverage, in the U.S. at least. That Fair. means they're going to have people watching their channels. Of course, not just NBC, but USA, Correct. other channels as well, Peacock especially. Yep. That Okay, that's, that's lining up pretty well for them, that they're going to be able to have their home turf on which to share about these messages that they're trying to get out, like a, a commercial for Uni Super Nintendo World coming to Universal Epic Universe in 2025. <laughs> Learn more here. Um, and then they build between. the parks division. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, it's all coming together now. We're connecting the dots. This is going to be fun to follow, DJ. Really fun to follow. Um, I also heard that there might be a sequel to Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Like, I wonder if there's something in there. I don't know if there's another... Uh, dragon movie on, on the horizon and Harry Potter, who knows? Uh, I wonder too, if there's something there to be seen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also exciting to consider here. There are these future announcements that we will have. I think a lot of these announcements here opened up more questions than I'm going to have. Uh, so one thing I'd like you to keep in mind, DJ, as we're about to jump into each of these five worlds is what are you still wondering about when you see these details and you see this concept art that they released? They're very clear to say, this is concept art. This is an artist conceptualization. It is not reality, at least yet. I want you to keep in mind about what are you wondering about? And out of everything here, what do you think is either going to move the industry forward the most in terms of a product? 
and what do you think is going to be hands down the best experience out of everything that's laid out so far? Do we want to detail the lands first or just jump right in right into that? No, I mean, uh, while we go through the worlds, I'd like you to keep those questions in mind. Sure, absolutely. Don't let me forget about them. Let me write them on the outline. I, won't. I, already, I think I have answers already, but... <laughs> okay. Okay. Five immersive worlds, one amazing theme park. I just think about a tagline like that and think how many meetings they had, ironing that out, tweaking it, running it through legal, five immersive worlds, one amazing theme park. It works. And I'm not dogging on the word amazing. I'm just, I'm interested that like, that's the word that stuck. It's like using the word unique. Yeah. Get ready. In 2025, Universal Epic Universe changes everything. Explore astounding worlds beyond anything you've experienced before. All images shown are artist conceptual renderings. And that's the top and, of this website yeah. right here. And the press release goes further to say that they are going to present a level of theme park immersion that is, I like this word, unmatched. But that's a hefty promise. Immersion that is unmatched. So let's think, dear listener, of those theme parks that are so well known for their immersiveness. Fantasialand, Tivoli Gardens, uh, Islands of Adventure, honestly. Um, yeah. Pandora in Animal Kingdom, Animal Kingdom itself. Um, I think of those places where I feel like I am completely in another world and I could be lost somewhere. I think the most immersive thing I've ever encountered myself is probably, well, it's in studios. It's Diagon Alley. That is when I think of most immersive. It's more than Galaxy's Edge for me. That's my litmus. Yeah, I mean, those are the lands that are up there of opening in the last decade or so. Ultra immersive and fully encompassing experience. It's tough to compare to areas and expansions of the past because you have something like Universal Studios Florida. Great park. It has themes and ideas that it communicates, but they do use it to put different things in there. And they have done something like a Minions Land at the front of the park with a couple of shops and food and beverage locations and two rides there to uh, bring that area together with a cohesive theme. But then you have Transformers right next door or the Men in Black right next to the Simpsons uh, with the Springfield area too, where just by the nature of that uh, park growing throughout those 30 plus years they have now, uh, it's not necessarily immersive in that sense until you get to something like uh, Diagon Alley, which was built all at the same time. With Epic Universe, you're getting everything built all at the same time here. So we're going right. to have four, no, five Pandoras, five Galaxies Edge, uh, five um, Hogsmeads to that degree. So it's going to be interesting to see. There's not going to be yeah. like one five land here and then a, <laughs> an e-ticket attraction right next door that's a different IP, but uh, they had to put it somewhere, so they put it there. Yeah. We're not at least, we're not getting that. And that really comes to life, the difference of the parks with like something like Halloween Horror Nights. You know, there's a reason they don't do that at Islands of Adventure. Uh, it's okay to segment and put these pockets in its studios. I, I don't know that you would see Halloween Horror Nights expand into Epic Universe, and we'll get into that a little bit as we detail these lands. But it, it just wouldn't work for something like this. This is something that um, is all about immersiveness. However, I will say, if you know where this park is in Orlando... It's, you know, it's kind of similar to the other Universal Parks, if not closer, pretty close, actually, to the convention center. You know, is do these lands, these worlds, allow the park to 
rent out different parts of the park to different conventions that come to town. I wonder if that's kind of in the back of their mind, knowing proximity to that convention center and all of the people that flood in there uh, day after day in Orlando. Yeah, it's going to be incredible to see when they shake the boat because they can. And if they want to uh, offer a a partial park experience after 9 p.m., Uh, Because of it, that's something that it seems like they'd be able to do so in a layout like this, where there have been rumors like, what if they do that, where they close down Super Nintendo World um, because it's for an after-hours party for some group or something, and then the other areas stay open until 11. Uh, That'll be interesting to see if that actually comes to fruition there. Uh, If if it's good cash, I'm sure it would happen because that's that's how these things work. Uh, But I... I'm very excited here. Let's jump into it now, and where better to start than at the very beginning? Uh, Let's see. The first area is Celestial Park. This is the sort of the the glue of these worlds here. It's one of the five worlds, and it is how you will enter and be in the center of Epic Universe. Says Celestial Park, step into a lush green world where thrills, entertainment, dining, and shopping lead all who enter on an exhilarating journey of discovery. Yeah, and this is sort of the central world. Um, it, I believe, is the biggest. I don't know that we officially have word that it is. It seems to be the biggest. Um, what strikes you probably the most about this area, other than it being the entrance, are two two main items here. Okay, so there's in itself the actual coaster that's probably the biggest anchor attraction here that's starfall racer so according to the press release here this is this is a dual launching racing coaster since guests rocketing through the skies aboard comets in a race to see who's the fastest of them all reaching speeds up to 62 miles an hour and heights up to 133 feet along 5,000 feet of track now i wonder if that's per side that's a lot of track maybe not it's a big coaster um, but starfall racers will be epic universe's most thrilling coaster experience so there's a little key right there to pull out there will not be a more intense coaster than this or most thrilling as they say uh, with unique maneuvers such as the quote celestial spin in which two coaster vehicles stay with me here perform an inverted crisscross while speeding through the air creating a, quote, out-of-this-world, end quote, adrenaline rush. That's the first piece. This is a mock dueling ride. We've known about this one for a while. We at least knew it was a mock, and we knew the layout. We didn't know the name, didn't know some of the other special things it would do. And then, honestly, the second, probably biggest part of this park, and going back to one of your questions you had at the beginning here, Chris, I want to talk about this just a little bit, the Constellation Carousel, the grand centerpiece of Celestial Park. Here, explorers of all ages will take a fantastical whirl aboard constellations that glide forward, backward, and even make 360-degree rotations through the Milky Way in a choreographed dance of music and starlight and so to go back to one of the things that you talked about originally this is one of the things that strikes me the most in 2025 when this opens how important a carousel is to a park still this is the new iteration of carousels could this perhaps be the bar now for all carousels moving forward no it's not historic that has a time and a place but all of the the um the vehicles, I guess, it doesn't really say what you glide on. Oh, con- constellations, whatever that means. 
um, choreographed together, not only will it be something that you'll enjoy while writing, this will be something that people will enjoy watching. It will be like a performance in itself, a synchronized dance in a way, a performance. Um, and I just think that that is so cool after all these decades, centuries even, how important the carousel still is to theme parks. Well, we've only seen, I think, a, a short piece of concept video for the carousel itself, Constellation Carousel. We've got to learn these names these days. Constellation yeah. Carousel and Starfall Racers. Um, I'm intrigued to, to see what other tricks they have up their sleeve. Now, in terms of this influencing the industry, I don't think every park is going to be able to put in a Constellation Carousel, especially in place of their existing carousel. But... I'm intrigued to see what it becomes because seemingly this is something that would be an all ride attraction as we like to call it, where right. the whole family can ride. Maybe everybody gets a different horse. Explorers or they of mount. all ages. Mm -hmm. And that's all huge ages. to have something like that in this park and right in the center as well, because we can look at Super Nintendo World that opened in Japan and Hollywood as well. There are a couple rides. There are some that are more tame, some that are more thrilling, uh, as well. Uh, this is maybe going to have something else. I mean, just looking at the the concept art, it, it looks like there's going to be a lot to Super Nintendo World, but for something like Constellation Carousel being in the center and it essentially being the next generation of a carousel, just by the look of it, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think that I've already said intrigued many times so far this episode. <laughs> for apologies for the refrain, well. but... I'm very intrigued. I'm very interested, I guess. And we're not certain on who the manufacturer of this carousel is, right? Do we know? No, it has not been announced. And we it, don't it know. There's no so, height requirement. Under 40 inches must be accompanied by a supervised companion. I love that they have the, the ride requirements on it already so that oh, yeah. people can go with their kids and say, all right, there's going to be this roller coaster here. Or do we meet the height requirement? Maybe in a year you will. That's, that's fun to see. Yeah, and I, I'm just intrigued by who makes this carousel, I think, because, you know, you're, if this is truly a new generation of carousel, you're going to have other manufacturers trying to offer this to other parks. And, and I, I love that somewhere in a boardroom, I don't know, maybe a virtual Zoom call nowadays, um, you know, at some point they said, look, the centerpiece, as they call it, the grand centerpiece, the centerpiece of this park will be a carousel. We can't do a double-decker. We can't do a large traditional carousel, what can we do? And I just wonder, I mean, it's, it's almost like how much talk and engineering and all this that we don't know about went into picking the people to make the carousel as much as some parks go into their biggest piece of capital they have every three to four years. Yeah, and I want to know how expensive this is going to be because yes. it's not just a, a classic carousel. We haven't seen the full range of motion yet. Now, just looking at the short little clip of the video that they shared in the concept art that's out there, my guess, my uneducated guess is going to be that it's a ride experience where it starts out uh, rotating. The, the table itself rotates and the, the cars go up and down the horses or whatever the, the vehicles, the animals are, but then things happen. Maybe there is an additional degree or additional axis that they rotate along, along this plane here. I'm not explaining myself well because I'm no engineer, but 
there has to be something else. It's not just going to go around and go upside, sorry, not upside down. It's not just going to go around and go up and down. I wonder what that extra element yeah. is. Now, they had mentioned that 360 degree spin, so maybe that's going to happen too. That would be, I think, deceptively thrilling for people if they weren't right. expecting something like that. And it, it looks from, now I found this 3D animation that is on one of their websites. It's not necessarily a video. Uh, kind of hard to describe what it is. But it looks like the cars or the vehicles you ride on are animals, which would make sense. You would just be that constellation's animal. And that's a really cool way to bring it in. Which, by the way, dear listener, I don't think I did a good job of detailing to you this land of, of what it looks like and what it's modeled after. Think of a Victorian sort of um, steampunk vibe matched with um, a lot of light bulbs. I think that's probably the best way to, to get this across. This is for my um, Akatar friends, if you've read those books. This is what I imagine the summer court might look like. It looks like this constellation carousel is in the center of Celestial Park, which is in the center of Epic Universe, right on the water. It's along these large pathways, and it looks like there are some fountains, too. Uh, I, I gotta say, I love Planet Coaster and playing that, and these fly-through uh, con concept art renderings that are out there look a lot like Planet Coaster. That's fun to see. Like, of course it's not Planet Coaster and they spent millions and millions putting it together, but it's fun. Like, oh, wow. I wonder if I can make something like that at Planet Coaster. Uh, just thinking down the road when I, of course, have all this free time that I apparently have to be recreating this in Planet Coaster. But you know somebody's going to do that. And I can't wait to watch those videos. Which, by the way, it looks like the way they do this 360 thing is using kind of a turntable system that's similar to, like, um, uh, well, Zamper I think Zamperla makes it, uh, where it's kind of like the whip rides that then go onto a different platform. It I was looks simpler to that. Yeah, like yeah. Mater's Junkyard Jamboree at Disney California Adventure. I think Alien Swirling Saucers. Yep, at that's what I was thinking of. Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be an element of that as well. So maybe at some point you are close to another pod of riders and then you're not. And then there's almost like a scrambler, but also a carousel. That will be intriguing. Here I go again saying intriguing. Again. Universal's <laughs> intriguing universe. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It, it's a good word. So that's Starfall Racers. That's Constellation Carousel. Something else to quickly cover uh, in Celestial um, park is um specifically the astronomica uh, so this is a interactive wet play area that also doubles as a giant compass rose to the many wonders of epic universe featuring crystal blue fountains that spring to life and dance around guests so think of a splash pad um to the absolute max i mean this is going to look great it's going to be a great place to cool off in the hot florida sun um, not much really else to say about that other than it's going to be a splash pad done right, I would think. I think it'll just be like Constellation Carousel and like Starfall Racers uh, to where a vibe I'm getting, Chris, is these are rides that even if you don't ride, you want to watch. Yeah, there's going to be this visual energy throughout this area here. Like I, I'm... I'm getting a little sidetracked here because I'm watching the fly-through that I previously had not seen. I should have done my homework here. And I'm like, wow, here we go. Uh, there's, uh, We got a little bit more of that motion. So I think there is going to be a second rotation along the larger turntable here. 
and maybe the the vehicles themselves things but with astronomica those some things that you just got to have because it's something that the kids can run through on their way back to the car right when they're about to get in the car and now they're soaking wet and the parents are like no why did you do that we're about to be in the car for two hours it's it's an archetypical theme park experience that I am glad that they're dedicated to delivering uh, with Universal Epic Universe. Yeah, and uh, quickly too, there's also a, a restaurant element, a couple of restaurants they sh- they sh- they've shown, um, one of which is, this has like one of the coolest names of any theme park restaurant, I think it's so simple, Atlantic. An yeah, array Atlantic. Of unique, a u- array of unique dining experiences ranging from full service restaurants to quick service restaurants that offer something for every palate including Atlantic. Okay, so I, well, okay, that's describing the whole thing. So Atlantic is a full-service surf and turf restaurant set inside a Victorian, there's, there it is, Victorian. I knew we were onto something. A Victorian aquarium complete with captivating views of Celestial Park and the Blue Dragon Pan-Asian restaurants where diners take a culinary journey across Asia as they enjoy authentic Chinese, Japanese, and Thai fare in this full-service restaurant accented with neon dragons and ethereal lanterns. Additional must-eat locations within Celestial Park include the Oak and Star Tavern, where guests can enjoy savory barbecue, Pizza Moon, which will serve up a tasty menu featuring a variety of pizzas and more. A lot of restaurants. That's four for sure. Yeah, I think these food and beverage locations in Celestial Park are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, for Epic Universe. And it makes sense to have the different degrees with Atlantic. I'm looking at the fly through again, dear listener, if you want to get an idea of, of how this is going to play out. I mean, just go on their website here. Of course, after listening to our podcast, don't turn off the podcast right now. We're going to tell you all about it. Don't worry. We got you right here. Um, it looks like a lot That'll of people probably be in the, the star attraction, room. right? Most expensive. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I could ever afford this. This would be pretty pricey with Atlanta here. But it looks like you're sitting just below the water level. Uh, you're, you're facing water on multiple sides of the dining room. Huge glass panes there. It looks like incredible ambiance. A great event space, I'd wager, too, uh, for the right price, of course. <laughs> of course, Right yeah. there with those <laughs> dancing fountains. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of a nighttime show with these fountains. That would be interesting to follow as well. So that's a question I have moving forward. They have these programmable, intelligent fountains that they're showing off in Celestial Park. Are those going to have any nighttime show element? Because people go crazy for that. So that's food. And finally, what's really important to detail here in Celestial Universe, at least what Universal is telling us it's important to detail, of course, are these incredibly detailed retail locations. So you have the Nintendo Superstar Store, uh, where guests can shop an assortment of merchandise themed to Super Nintendo World. And dear listener, this sort of looks like something out of Super Mario 64. Of course, it could look like a lot of the Mario games, but especially with how they're using the glass panes to show the characters. There's a Mario fountain out in front where he's jumping as the centerpiece with, of course, gold coins spinning around him. Very Mario-esque. Might be the the least, um, how would you describe this? The least celestial... Um, world piece, I would say. Uh, and then outside of that, uh, you also have another location. Um, this is the Moonship Chocolates and Celestial Sweets, 
where guests can satisfy their cravings with a unique selection of sweet treats and more. And of course, plenty of exciting entertainment, including various fountain shows throughout Celestial Park's seven acres of water, where a multitude of fountains sway, dance, and even reach heights up to 135 feet in the air to music and interactive lighting from day to night. So kind of the Bellagio thrown in there as well. Is that taller than Starfall Racers? Starfall Racers, according to this <laughs> press release, 133 feet. The oh. fountains will be two feet taller than the tallest roller coaster at the park. Those are some powerful fountains right there. Okay, that's going to be fun to see. I mean, it's <laughs> interesting that they have a Nintendo store outside of Super Nintendo right. World. That right. has to be just a, a factor of them knowing that this is such a, an important, prominent property there. They're going to need to sell it and meet this demand for the Nintendo merchandise that they purely can't do it within the land itself, which has been fairly self-contained looking yeah. at the Japan and Hollywood versions of it. They've got I'm to thinking, have a huge store to handle that demand. I'm thinking, too, if, if they decide to um, close off parts of this park and close off these portals, and let's say the park's open, um, but Super Mario uh, Nintendo World is uh, rented out, um, you could still have a place to buy the products where, say, you you know, if you close down the Harry Potter section of this park, you could theoretically still go to the other two parks and get your HP merch. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Like, going into any major store at Universal Orlando right now, you're going to have the Harry Potter robes and scarves and things like that, too. It's a great way to put it. So even if it's... You, you can't really find your way into Gringotts right now. You can get your merchandise for Harry Potter there. So it's a great way to put it on. It's funny how they do this 3D fly-through right now because I'm leaving Nintendo. I'm flying <laughs> yeah. through the area now. And they do this thing where they fake you out and they make me look at the portal to Dark Universe. I'm like, oh, right. look at that. And then they nope. go, oh, wait, we're nope. not done yet. <laughs> There's the Blue Dragon Pan-Asian restaurant, which looks fun as well. I mean, has a, a dragon over the entranceway, where have we seen that before, Dueling Dragons? I guess that's yeah. maybe maybe an homage <laughs> to have this blue dragon over the entrance. Maybe it's right. just a happy coincidence, but I think it's fun anyway. It's certainly stuck around for this. And that final fly-through, one of the final locations you go to, is most likely the, the centerpiece of the backside of the park. This is another thing that you'll probably be able to see from all over, at least the celestial part of the park. Um, and that is the Universal Helios Grand Hotel. Now, what's very interesting about their press release is they italicize the word inside. So listen to this sentence. And located Inside Epic Universe at the end of Celestial Park is Universal Helios Grand Hotel. Designed to transport guests to a world where the heavens and earth unite, complete with 500 rooms, one-of-a-kind views, and its very own dedicated entrance into the theme park. So it's located inside. So does this in some way establish that you cannot get into this park if you're into this hotel if you're not in the park? Surely there's some sort of back entrance from a street or something, right? I mean, are we going to have people taking their bags through the park or is there going to be no some way. sort of transit? No way. So I think it's interesting that they italicize inside and maybe they're just doing that because there truly is no other hotel that's inside a park, whether at Universal or at Disney. Well, maybe it's going to feel seamless as in a seamless experience to get to the park itself while you were in the Grand Hel the Helios Grand Hotel. Maybe I like Klukheim at Fantasia Land? 
like kind that, of a vibe. Or the first thing that came to mind when I thought about proximity and access to park would be the Grand Californian okay. in Disney California Adventure, where you have Disney California Adventure right there, and the side of it is the uh, the Grand Californian Hotel, which is a beautiful hotel, great meeting space. They've got a couple dining locations too, and there is an entrance to Disney California Adventure that is in uh, the Grand Californian as well. So you don't have to be a, a guest of the hotel to use that entrance, at least uh, when you're uh, going from the park to the hotel itself. And you can then walk down a hallway and get to downtown Disney. Uh, but I imagine it would be something similar because from a security standpoint, there's no way that they'd be having uh, bags go through that screening that they would need to get to to be quote unquote inside the park. There's just different degrees of inside. And I know that they're probably going to defy expectations and come up with a solution that none of us have seen coming. But uh, I imagine it'll be a similar relationship to Disney California Adventure and the Grand Californian. Uh, towards the end here, they also do make a note that they say, plus, in addition to raising the bar for theme park innovation, Epic Universe's Universal Destinations and Experiences latest development to integrate energy efficiency and sustainable construction practices. And here we go. More details about Universal Epic Universe, including the debut of an interactive preview center at Universal CityWalk later this year that will offer a sneak peek at the new theme park, uh, will be revealed in the months ahead. There it is. So they will have a preview center. Now, I've been wondering about this because there had been rumors out there. We did see the Legacy Store just close about one hour early for me when I was just there <laughs> uh, in CityWalk. And it's like, oh, wow, what a great concept. What a fun store. And, and now it's being replaced for future expansion, future adventures, whatever. And uh, I was like, huh, I wonder why. And then people put some rumors out there, and then it turns out that there will be a preview center. And it makes sense that they wouldn't put it inside one park or the other at Universal, because what if people have a, a one-park, one-day ticket, and they spend it on Islands of Adventure, but you put the preview center in Universal Studios Florida? It makes sense, then, that it's right. going to be in CityWalk. Now, if you think back to the preview center for Islands of Adventure, they put that in the building that is now locker for the mummy. I think it was that uh, marquee area just to the left of mummy. Or okay. was this, this was before mummy. So it was still confrontation actually. Okay. It was that area right over there, just to the left of the, the library or museum, whatever that official facade is. And dear listener, if you have not, watched a video that is a walkthrough of the Islands of Adventure preview center that is required viewing. You must go watch that on YouTube now. There are some fun videos that detail every little instance of it. You got to do that. It's, a, it's incredible and fun to see how fully formed these concepts were that we've known for the last 20 plus years now. And then they were right here, just not on a page anymore, but still in a preview center where there was 3D elements of it too that you could walk through. They had some screens and some maybe aged digital visualism that maybe didn't hold up there, but it's fun to see what it was there in the preview center and then how it became a whole park that we've come to know and love with Islands of Adventure. 
still in a time where dial-up internet was the norm and magazines were still the way to see visual news. I mean, that would have been incredible to have been able to see that during that time period. Um, I do want to add, if I may, Chris and dear listener, I, I found a description of Celestial Park we should have started with. This really paints an excellent picture of the entire park. I think if I can read that, we can then jump into just the quick descriptions of these portals and go from there. Does that sound good? Yeah, go for it. With acres of rolling gardens, chasing waterways, and strolling pathways, Celestial Park puts the park back in theme park. As soon as guests enter the imaginative world, they'll embark on a journey of discovery, thrills, and excitement as they wander through lush living gardens nestled along shimmering waters surrounded by stunning architecture inspired by astronomical and mythological elements. Here, guests can relax while taking in the sights and sounds around them, board a shooting comet for an exhilarating roller coaster adventure, dine on delectable cuisine, shop exclusive merchandise to commemorate their visit, and more. Now, I know Victorian has been thrown out there, and I sort of get that where it's almost steampunk-esque, and there are definitely light bulbs and gear-like things out there, but looking at the Helios Grand Hotel, am I saying the right? Helios Grand Hotel? Yep. I see the little statue they have in front of it. I'm almost getting Art Deco with that, like yeah. Rockefeller Center, mm-hmm. or that that one in Detroit that they just put a, a football jersey on that um, sort of mythological figure there too. It's disappointing that I, I don't have that knowledge myself, but looking at that, it's sort of I get a little bit of Art Deco as well. So yeah. I think this is a mixture it's, of things there. It's giving Art Deco. It's giving Victorian. Uh, for me, it's giving World's Fair. It's giving innovation. Mm, yes, it's it's yes. giving future. It's giving it's giving hope. Can I say that? It's you giving can. hope. It's giving and it's hope. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at the zoom out of the 3D fly through, and I'm just analyzing it, pouring over the layout and saying, so they're going to put that there. And if I go at the carousel, but I have a reservation <laughs> at the Atlantic, how long will I have to dedicate right. to that? Right. How busy are these pathways going to be? Am I going to have to take that little shortcut around there? Or is it actually going to be a shortcut? It's things that are going through my head now. And I, I, I'm so glad. I mean, I have waited a long time to be able to really pour through these plans and begin to even think about a game plan. I have no idea when I'm first going to visit Epic Universe, but I'm getting excited already. And we have probably more than a year to go until anyone is through these gates, but uh, I'm, I'm buying, I'm ready. I mean, looking at the Helios Grand Hotel, I'm trying to analyze it now. It looks like there's going to be a little rooftop bar area there. Yeah, I mean, so, it or does look rooftop like that. activation that yep. would be overlooking this entire area, not only of Celestial Park, but of these other worlds themselves. That's right. going to be an incredible view. I mean, those drinks have got to be like $50, $60 by and, the time that opens. And when they break news on that, I mean, that's probably going to be its own press release, its own announcement. I mean, that will make news just be for being a hotel in general, let alone that it's in this theme park. I mean, it's kind of got its own little vein of news that it can follow itself. I shouldn't even say little. And I love how, I guess I thought the park was laid out a little bit differently. I thought Starfall Racers was in the middle of the park. So it's cool that they um, took the time, the energy to say, okay, when you enter through the entrance, we want you to see this hotel, which is truly the centerpiece, I think, is what they're saying of this land. Stay and play. That's the message here. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking of the Today Show segments that will be hosted at construction of Universal yes. Epic Universe. We are down here in sunny Orlando, Florida, getting a first look at Universal Epic Universe. I can see it now. I can yeah, see I'm, Al Roker at the top of the Helios Grand Hotel. It's going to happen. Saying it's sunny. Um, of course he will. And I wonder if Peacock will do similar to what Disney Plus has done with some of their Imagineering things, where will we get limited series of how this is constructed or live updates, or will it be once it's open, does that follow it up with, hey, now that it's open, look what it took for us to get here. Maybe that's more likely to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's it looks so cool, DJ. Let's get into the first world the now. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say the first world that we should jump into now is the first one that you would want to hit were you walking into this park. And which one is that, DJ? That I would want to go to? Yeah. Well, it's got to be the Dark Universe. Okay. Oh, you're saving the best for first. Here we go. <laughs> what, is, that, I mean, is that what you thought I'd say? Or did you think I'd say no, Harry Potter? No, I thought you were going to say Super Nintendo World. Oh, no. That's okay. No, it, it's interesting the order that the press release goes into. You can tell um, where they've put... <laughs> the most money, I guess. Uh, yeah, so according to the press release, Dark Universe, this is where guests can encounter everything from the experiments of Dr. Victoria Frankenstein to the shadowy landscape where monsters roam in a world of myth and mystery. Now, some are calling this uh, on social media, you know, HHN year-round. I don't think this is HHN year-round. I mean, they're going, I think, I think, they're going with these IPs that are not necessarily, how would I say this, scary. For example, The Wolfman, um, you know, Frankenstein. These are your classic monsters, which there was a classic monster's house that comes up every now and then at HHN. But I think this is more of a, a dark, almost a their version of a Disney villains. You know, they wouldn't necessarily go evil. At least I don't think. HHN, I think, is still going to be you know, recommended for people, whatever it is, 16 years and older. That's the blood, the gore, the jump scares. I think the ending there is what they're really going to focus on, a world of myth and mystery. Well, I think they're going to push it, at least for really? what can be in a theme park in terms of for a general audience. Not necessarily the land itself. Uh, looking at the concept art, which does get more limited now that we're out of Celestial Park, I think it is going to be dramatic, gothic. I mean, do, you, do you think that they, I agree, dramatic and gothic. Do you think they would go so far, though, that like it would deter people from going into it, like with small children? I don't. Okay. No, I don't think they're going to go that far, at least in the land itself. Now, the attractions in there, I wonder if they will be a little scary because attractions can be scary like even something like transformers there sure. is peril that goes on sure uh, so if you sign up for it and essentially get in the ride and say all right you're going to ride this monster ride you're riding a monster ride you know that there's going to be some uh, like how, i forget how the movies put it intense peril and moments of whatever terror. it is however i think it's terror that terror yeah yeah uh, i wonder if they'd be that now i don't think it would be anywhere near as intense as during halloween horror nights but again a question that i have moving forward now is if there will be a halloween horror nights element meaning 
yeah. scary, jumping out of yeah. blue holes, something like that. Will there be a part of that in Dark Universe? Surely they wouldn't call it HHN or even something like that. But we look at Las Vegas, which is going to have a year-round haunt attraction fueled by Universal. Will they have something like that in Dark Universe? They had had that for a couple of years in Hollywood with The Walking Dead, where it was certainly uh, a permanent house and staff very differently depending on the the time of the year where it was a, a Halloween Horror Nights house during the event itself but you could go to it during the day in March or April and there would still be some monsters but it wouldn't be to the brim with monsters with the zombies walkers um, walking along with you that sort of thing yeah I mean I wouldn't say I don't think it wouldn't happen I, I mean I'm still remembering this past year we had Death Eaters in uh Diagon Alley. Like, that's something I thought we'd never seen. But when I, when it happened, I'm like, kudos to them for once again being creative. It's just when it comes to creativity, it just seems like Universal's killing it and to try new things. Will Death Eaters be back next year? I don't know. Um, and there was a I cool so. mystery around it. I hope so, too. There's a cool mystery around it. I didn't get to see them. I don't know if you did, Chris, but there, there was never a posted schedule. And that was kind of cool, too, because it added to this, oh, like, will I see them? Will I not? That adds some peril to it itself. But I think this area might have the most questions around it, and that's probably by design, it being a world of myth and mystery. Um, there has been some um, drone footage I've seen of what looks to be a mock family spinning coaster. Um, that's kind of all we really know. Yeah, I wonder if, well, I think Disney has also realized that there is a middle ground to giving villains center stage for an event, maybe an after-hours event. Disney has done that a couple times, and they do that sometimes with their Halloween, and people eat it up. I think there's definitely a, a similar balance that can be found with the Universal Monsters for general audiences as well. You can be spooky without being terrifying. Now, I'm sure. not going to be saying there's going to be this sort of smiling Frankenstein uh, for a meet-and-greet in Dark Universe, but that would be really cool if, sorry, Frankenstein's monster, if they had a Frankenstein's monster just roaming through Dark Universe and maybe, uh, I imagine they would try to stick away from posted meet and greets at something like uh, Dark Universe or even Epic Universe to sort of keep up with that immersivity like you think with Galaxy's Edge where Ray is just sort of walking around um, using a wrench on one of the uh, aircraft things. I wonder if they would have something as natural as that, where there is an ongoing story, there is immersive theater going on in this land here, and you can jump in and out of the story, sort of, I guess, similar to Ghost Town Alive at Knott's Berry Farm um, at your leisure. So you can pop in and, and say, wait, what is, this, uh, what is this character over here? It looks like they're up to no good. Let me see what's going on there. Oh, they're interacting with Dr. Jekyll. Or is it Mr. Mm. Hyde? Oh, I wonder what's happening there. <laughs> yeah, I think what excites me about this, too, is, and I've kind of made this observation, I think, maybe on the podcast. I know I've done it with friends and such and colleagues. Um, I, I think that you're now seeing more of a comfort, comfortability, especially with Universal now doing this, of something that happens more often in Europe you know, I think of like the UK with some of their rides, you know, theme to, you know, the, the story behind the Smiler at Alton Towers, for instance, like kind of a cre creepy story behind that ride. Uh, Nemesis, um, some of these other uh, parks you look at in, um, in Germany um, and some of these um, other European countries where 
the theme is a little dark um, and maybe yeah. more so Wicker than it would Man ever be here. Too. Wicker Man, yeah, I mean, that's a really messed up movie <laughs> and book. But um, I think we're trying to see, you know, hey, it's okay that we can get into this. And I think, again, that's why they use the words mystery and myth. Um, but we can get into this kind of, I hate to use the word darker, but they say dark, so maybe that's okay. Um, some of these darker undertones uh, and kind of terror factors, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think it's very possible to make people go, ooh, that's spooky, that's dark, that's gothic, without jumping out and saying boo. I think to challenge a general audience with that, we've seen at these events now, there are different comfort levels for people. I mean, you could be a grown-up and scared out of your wits for any little dark corner of, uh, of a park during a Halloween event, or you could be maybe a little younger than that and uh, hmm. maybe uh, an older teenager and you have no fear in the world uh, for any, anything like that too. And there are various reasons that we won't dive into it now about ultimately why people are drawn to these Halloween events there, but it, it challenges them and it's a thrill. It is. It's a thrill. It's not a ride, but it, it sort of makes their heart beat a little bit faster um, for, for a lot of people with that. So I think that is the idea behind Dark Universe, that it's something that's going to challenge you. It's going to be a little spooky. Oh, I wonder what's around that corner here. Let's go ride that roller coaster, that ride right there. And hey, is that Frankenstein's monster just wandering around? I wonder what he's up to. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, now that I now that it's in my head, I just I want to be able to follow Frankenstein's monster around Dark Universe and just see what he does. Uh, I think that would be fun. Uh, so that sort of wraps up that particular world. Let's jump into another one. I think this is the one that I'm least familiar with, and I assume you would be too as well, Chris. This is How to Train Your Dragon, Isle of Burke, where guests can soar with dragons in a colorful world filled with Viking adventures based on the wildly popular How to Train Your Dragon film franchise. You know, obviously straight up, this is going to be probably the land focused to the littler ones in, in the crowd, maybe the least amount of thrills will be found here, but I think maybe a coaster was rumored to be over there. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't release a lot of details about this. They had shown uh, some broader uh, concept art pieces out there, but there's construction that's sometimes impossible to hide even from the road. Uh, and it looks very impressive. There are water features as well. Uh, it looks like, I mean, just looking at the concept art, there's gonna be a, a big coaster here too. Uh, so I've seen all three movies. I remember really loving the oh, first movie. Okay. I think I saw the second and third when they came out. I'm going to have to rewatch them before this park uh, before this park opens up here. I think there is an an animated show as well, Dragon Riders of Burke, something like that too. So it is a, a property that is still alive, still telling stories there, and it's a, a big property to put as a whole world. I mean, it's one-fifth of Epic Universe is How to Train Your Dragon now. I'm just thinking mm -hmm. of walking through that portal, hearing that soundtrack. Are you familiar with the soundtrack of this? No. Uh-uh. Okay. They play it in the Manta Station in SeaWorld. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> uh, just listen to that if you want uh, an idea. But it's, it's very distinct. If you heard it, you'd recognize it. It's a beautiful 
orchestral score that accompanies this movie. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have to lean heavily into that because it's triumphant and beautiful. And uh, just hearing it in my head right now, I'm like, wow, I'm feeling <laughs> it. I am ready. And over at Super Nintendo World, this is where guests will enter the iconic green pipe and discover a new way to play as they step into the worlds of beloved characters like Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, and Donkey Kong. If you're into the theme park sphere, if you've been on social media, mostly Twitter, um, or X, I should call it, uh, you've probably seen this Donkey Kong roller coaster that has some wacky technology, and of course that's I mean, it's going to be in Super Nintendo World. It's not necessarily um, something that we're guessing at. Um, that's pretty, without them confirming it, it's probably going to happen. But um, you said you thought this would be the one I'd be most excited for, Chris. I, I am, as you know, to your listener, I, I do love a good video game from time to time, maybe multiple times. Um, but, you know, I'm not big in Mario or Donkey Kong. Um, I'm really into Legend of Zelda. Um, which we were promised, or maybe I, I don't know, maybe I'm reading into this too much. I thought we were, were promised, we promised? Or, or told that uh, The Legend of Zelda would have some sort of prominence in Super Nintendo World. I don't recall ever that promise. I mean, it'd be a cool promise to have, but I don't know. I mean, there's always rumors that ever since, I think it was 2015, the partnership between Nintendo and Universal was announced. And we said, where is this going to show up? Are they going to take over KidZone and Universal Studios Florida? Uh, how is this going to manifest in the parks? And, uh, and we, we were know. like, where is it going to be? Uh, J- Japan first in 2021, and then Hollywood in 22, or is it 23? It was 23, just 23. this past year. Yeah. And then yeah. uh, Super Nintendo World coming to Epic Universe as well. So it's finally coming to the Orlando parks and, and Epic Universe. And we know why it's taken so long, um, mainly because, I mean, this is probably the anchor to this park, I would say, as far as driving visitation. I mean, you've got Harry Potter in all three parks. So, you know, that in itself is probably what drives the three park visit. But now you have a real reason to go to this park for something completely different you can't get somewhere else. I'd say that or How to Train Your Dragon. Yes, and you say Donkey Kong hasn't been announced yet, but I mean, just looking at this tagline here, at Super Nintendo World, you'll experience a new way to play from challenging Bowser on the Mario Kart ride to venturing through Donkey Kong Country and so much more. So there it is. I mean, they're going to have the Yoshi Omni Mover as well. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they've got to have it. That's in Japan, but not in Hollywood because of space constraints. So we're looking at maybe two to three to four rides. Well, three to four, maybe even five rides here uh, within the layout here. Definitely the biggest Super Nintendo world, bigger than Japan, bigger than Hollywood. Uh, so that's definitely going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, like you said, for Epic Universe. And so that really brings us to the final world. Um, this is, I think, maybe when we knew that this park was being constructed, this was the first thing I, I think we knew would be here, would be another expansion of the Wizarding World. So this is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic, uh, where guests will discover a different era of the Wizarding World in an all-new land that blends 1920s Wizarding Paris from Warner Brother Pictures' Fantastic Beasts films with the iconic British Ministry of Magic from the Harry Potter series, which takes place in the 1990s. Now I got some questions about how this is going to work. How are they going to do that? Different yeah. locations, different time periods. This is weird. I, I wonder if a, I wonder. like the time turner will be involved with this. If that's how they Can do you it. Time turn fifty years, Every, seventy years. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't know. I, I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. And that's what makes these announcements so exciting. And that's where we get to speculate. And that's what, that's what they want, right? They want us to talk about this. They want us to generate the noise. Um, we're going to have to wait and see. I know it's going to be stupendous um, with everything that Universal's done in the past. I mean, it's, it's going to work. You know it will be. Um, but this is where, as well, in, in every release that we look at, detailing all the worlds, in all the orders, Celestial Park is first as the anchor or the center of the park, but then Harry Potter is top, at least to how they present everything in order. But I also think that Ministry of Magic here, that leaves the most question marks. Like, what is the experience going to be? What is the ride going to be? Feasibly, there has to be a ride. But there were no details, no sneaks at concept art or renderings out there. So we don't know what the experience is going to be. Is it going to be entertainment-based? I don't know what's going to happen with the ride, if there even is a ride. They, they certainly didn't announce anything like that. Uh, but out of all of the five worlds here, this is the one that I think has the most undefined elements of it. Yeah, and I think that's probably purposeful. I don't think it's, well, and you may disagree with me, Chris, but I, I don't think it's a, well, we haven't finalized what we're doing, so we're not going to detail. I think they know what they're going to do. I just think it's another place where they can really um, hold their cards close to their chest and not have to detail what it is. I mean, you can say Harry Potter and everyone's like automatically sold, sold. I'm going to visit. I got to go to all three parks now. Um, and I guess we're leaving out Volcano Bay the fourth, but um, I, I don't know. Like I'm thinking of any iconic scene that happens in the Ministry of Magic and all I can think of are trials, um, the Battle of Dumbledore and Voldemort, uh, and then when the three infiltrate the ministry trying to get, um, the Horcrux. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like it's almost like Harry Potter government simulator. <laughs> well, it seems like there's going to be a lot of indoor walkable space here. If it is just building the ministry of magic, those black brick archways, those were mm. very distinct. And I guess we have to be getting something like that with this. So, this seems like an opportunity to have a, a large indoor space that they then build other experiences out of. So with that, if they're keeping everything or at least a lot of the things indoors, that means that they can keep those secrets a little bit longer than if people would maybe be peeking their head over the construction fence from the road. Like, like the, the, mm. the most questions here, well, there have been those helicopter images that are tough to hide if you're building a whole theme park there and somebody flies a helicopter nearby. Uh, Super Nintendo World, I think that's the most well-defined because it's been built twice before. They're building it a little bit differently here now, too. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon, I mean, that's coming along well. I think we've seen a little bit more with the concept art out there with uh, what they announced Dark Universe, that would probably be the second most undefined right after Harry Potter Ministry of Magic right now. Hmm. Well, as you know, dear listener, as we have updates, uh, we'll be sure to give you those updates. But of course, there are plenty of takes all over the internet, maybe some better than others. Uh, But what we wanted to try to do here uh, tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, uh, we wanted to just give you as much news and sort of, um, I guess, unbiased 
opinions, maybe some insightful things that we pulled out here for you that you might have thought, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Um, that was our goal here. Um, so I'm excited to see where this goes. I know everyone else is. And I guess we know where we'll be visiting in 2025. Yeah, you say unbiased. I don't know if I'm unbiased, DJ. I think I'm on the record as pro, pro Epic Universe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I am too. I am too. Um, I think yeah. I'm just most disappointed I didn't pull out that description of uh, Celestial Park at the beginning. I will say there are great resources online for this. You've mentioned some of them, Chris. I think probably my favorite is the Discovery Universal blog. Um, it's, it's written very well, and it offers even more detail than we didn't discuss and even more detail than the press release um, didn't discuss. So um, definitely check that out. I've been kind of reading this while podcasting at the same time to, to think, oh, that's interesting. I didn't necessarily say it on the podcast, but some interesting and things Universal. in there also has a podcast itself that's called oh, yeah. Discovering Universal, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Uh, not that I want to be plugging other podcasts, <laughs> but I'm sure they're going to have the inside scoop to some degree about what is going on with what they just announced there, too. So they, they did that with Halloween Horror Nights this past year. I got a lot of great insight about the stories that they were going to be developing with uh, Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm sure they're going to do something similar with Epic Universe as well. But DJ, I have two questions that remain here. We've gone through what's been announced so far. My first question to you, what attraction will move the industry forward the most out of what is out here now? Um, I think I'll have to talk about what I know won't. So I know it won't be Starfall Racers. At the end of the day, this is a dueling mock launch coaster. It'll be incredibly impressive. It'll There'll be, be awesome. viral Facebook videos right. with the interactive elements of one train barrel rolling over right. another and, and it's just a it's conversation a of they gave mock a bunch of money and so that's that's what they got and that's what they were going for um i can't say anything about wizarding world so that's out um we also don't know too much about how to train your dragon at this point so i guess that's also out um everything that's been done at super nintendo world has been done before it seems except this donkey kong ride which the technology is very cool of how they pulled this off to where it makes you feel as though you're jumping track. Um, but like, I don't know that that, like what I'm thinking of when I think of impact is what is like technology or something that will be found all throughout regional parks, smaller parks, FECs. I don't think there's anything attainable in Super Nintendo world. Um, cause if you're going to use this revolutionary track, whatever, however they're doing this, well, you got to have the theming to go along with it too. It's not just like, you know, buying a mock roller coaster or something. So, um, you know, I, I want to say the carousel, that's kind of where I'm going. Um, because I think that could be a popular product to let people just, a, if they have a retired carousel or they want to retire it, they can put something in that looks fresh and great. Um, carousels are immortal, DJ. Their carousels out yeah. there are like 130 years old. They're not going anywhere. I, you <laughs> That's know, the trouble. I think I'm going to go with the uh, entire concept of Dark Universe. And going back to what I said earlier, I think this will inspire parks. And they see a big dog doing this. And I know it's in Orlando and they have crazy visitorship and all this. But um, allowing them to go maybe a little bit darker, um, maybe some darker themes, more serious themes, that, um, yes, you can still have a safe, fun place for folks that isn't necessarily sunshine and rainbows all the time. Yeah, I think that's a great answer. Not one that I was expecting when I asked that question, but 
I think that's the right answer, at least with what we have right now, that is what will move the industry forward the most so far. Uh, now, mm -hmm. the best single experience out of everything that's gone through here, the best single experience here, if it's not the rooftop experience at the Helios Grand Hotel, which, I mean, that, that might be at the top of the list, overlooking the five worlds of Universal Epic Universe, what else is it going to be? I think it revolves around nighttime, definitely. And I think it's more experiential than it is um, a ride. I think it's going to have to do something with entering through the entrance portal to Celestial World at night with, I mean, it's it's basically the scene they give you, I think, in this sort of motion graphic thing on the website where the final slide in this sort of carousel of moving images takes you to the overlook of the entire property with fireworks behind the Helios, all the fountains going off, synced together in different ways, and there's going to be certainly a photo op at the end of the opening pathway overlooking everything. I think that's probably going to be the single best experience. Um, I wanted to say maybe the carousel at night, but I think that dome is going to obstruct a lot of views. So I'm going with either entrance portal at night during fireworks show or same exact time of night with fireworks, maybe riding starfall racers. I think that could be pretty spectacular too. I'm Curious to see what the sight lines are like with Starfall Racers being such a tall attraction at Epic Universe. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, I mean, looking at the, the helicopter images again, that it's impossible to hide a lot of this larger uh, construction, even from the road. Uh, there is pathway, I don't know if it's Q or if it's a pathway, running along the length of the coaster itself interweaving with supports and different elements of the coaster. I'm curious as to whether or not that is going to be Q. It'd be a very long Q, but no switchbacks, which would be nice. Um, or, or is that going to be sort of more of that park element of Celestial Park? So that's something hmm. I'll be curious about as well. Well, that pretty much covers this news. I mean, I, I think we covered a lot of ground for an emergency podcast, as I was calling it. We we broke the glass. We hit the button beyond the glass, and we made the emergency podcast happen here tonight. I'm so excited for this new land. I, I just want to leave us with, with, with a quote here. This is from their blog, and it kind of touches on what we've already talked about. This is from Gabriella Lander. She's the director of facility design for Universal Creative and, and has been involved in the Epic project um, since the very first brainstorm session. She says, Epic is the future meeting the present. I think that's evident in the, the architecture there of Celestial Park as well, where they have the Victorian elements and they have the Art Deco, which was maybe 20s and 30s, and maybe some more modern elements there too, and it all comes together with Epic Universe. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's poetic, I think. You know, space. Space is the final frontier. And who would have thought when we were and children? That's paramount. Be careful. Well, no, fair, <laughs> fair. But I mean, who would have thought yeah. as children we would see something like the International Space Station? Um, us just having businesses now going to the moon, going into space. I think it's fantastic. Not fantastic, DJ. Please. Epic. Oh, yes. It's sorry. epic. It's epic. You know, I kind of get the name now. I, I'm not saying I wasn't excited about the name, but now seeing it all, it's like, I get it. 
Well, I love how they have a little Easter egg. I don't know if I can call it an Easter egg, but on the Universal mobile app, when you log in, it says, log in now for an epic experience. In all caps, it says epic. I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing there, Universal. Getting some corporate synergy. I can appreciate yeah. that. It's, it's not technically synergy if it's self-promotion, but I like it. I get it. It's a quick way to refer to it. I mean, you know, there's studios, there's IOA, and now there's Epic. Hey, we're going to go to Epic. You guys want to join? Yeah, I think we had an epic corkscrew conversation right here. Like you said, we had to break the glass in case of emergency. I was struggling to be productive this morning when I had just watched that video right before going into work. And I said, wow, they just did that. There's so much more out there. There are people that are probably posting about it and, and doing commentary on what they think this is going to be like. And we have to join the conversation and say our own thoughts. And I think we did that here. So this was a, a fun thing to do there. Uh, dear listener, if you have any special ideas about what we said for Universal Epic Universe or, or you think that maybe we missed something that you want to mention too, too, there's ways to get in contact with the show as well. We have an email address, which is corkscrewconvos at gmail.com we're on x we're on youtube facebook instagram and all that sort of thing we got the accounts there too uh, so they are options for you to engage with the show there at your leisure if you want to be epic and you want to well, we've got to be careful we're going to start trademarking that term but if you want to be epic and uh, help out the show there's a really free easy quick way to do that and that's by leaving a written five-star review on apple podcasts or just a five-star review on spotify uh, either both they'd help out the show and we'd be very grateful there be sure to check out our store as well. You can go to any of those social media accounts, click the link in the bio on all of them. It takes you right to our link tree where you can find our store. We've got some awesome prints of some fantastic photos that our very own Chris has taken. Uh, and then we also have the top hat. It's a nice beanie uh, with a beautiful uh, embroidered white stitching that says corkscrew convos on the black beanie. Um, very nice, very nice product. Highly recommend. But until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening.